This is Power Athlete Radio. With your host, Denny K, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. Radio. This is Denny. I'm here with Luke and Callie. Steve's on special assignment again. Hopefully we'll hook up with him next week. The man's deep, deep undercover. And we're just waiting for him to to call in and we'll bring him in and kind of pick his brain. Anyway, Luke, Callie, what's going on? Nothing much, man. (laughs) Just uh, I'm finishing up like four or five new shirt designs. And getting them submitted so we can start getting some new merch up on the on the store. Uh, and then uh, Callie and I, Ben and I, went to Rhode Island last weekend for us. Okay, whose birthday was it? Whose birthday? You kind of mentioned that there could be some kind of birthday celebration. So that's Callie's birthday, but that's in a couple months in BC. <laughs> oh. What are you? Are you planning a surprise birthday for me, <laughs> Kelly? You're planning a surprise birthday party for you. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That, I do that every year though. <laughs> but uh, so, Denny, this was like there's a, one a, motto I like to go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say that this last trip was like the three amigos, and it was uh, it was a rough one just because traveling out east it is a significant undertaking. Our flight out there, I mean, Callie came to pick me up like four in the morning and we, we were on in airports or on airplanes for like 13 hours. So we oh. eat our own like Callie can, Luke can, Ben can. And uh, we, we kind of documented the trip so you can kind of see what we're, what behind the scenes is all about. And it's basically to sum it up in like 30 seconds, Luke and Ben talk, Callie laughs. That's it. Well, <laughs> well I, I mean, that's not it. I mean, how is that not it? <laughs> I watched the film. It's me and Ben would be like, hey, what are you doing? And then you laugh. <laughs> well, well, let, we'll let the we'll let the audience be the judge of that. OK, when when the editing comes out, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I have a lot more to contribute than just that. I'd like to think magic happens in the editing. Callie. Remember that. But uh, all right. So, hey, team series, a couple days. Dude, are you ready? I'm going to be there. Callie's going to be there. We're going to be, you know, the pressure's going to be on, Denny. You know, I, 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 I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel any pressure. You know, I think when you're passionate about something and you're coming up to a competition, um, nerves and the anticipation of the event. I mean, if, if you're not feeling nervous, then, then there's something wrong with you, you know, but I, I've put in my time, you know, I, I started training for this. I kind of tweaked my program a few months ago. Uh, I followed something similar when I trained for the Occupy Strength event last, last year, last February. And I went into that feeling pretty confident and I, I think I fared well. Um, this one, I, I feel more uh, fluid in the movements. Uh, I One thing I prioritized in my training was squatting below parallel because I had the Nazi judge from hell. 
And I swore that I would never get no rep on a question of depth. So I kind of, you know, lightened up the load and gave myself a year. And and for the squat alone, I've PR'd that just by going through like a full range of motion, which I should have done anyway, you know? And what happened is it, it seemed like all my lifts kind of improved on there. So I'm peaking. I've done a shit ton of prowler work just in case we make it to the end. I mean, we're going in there to win it. You know, I, I want those plates. I want the swag. I want the prowler. And I got the confidence there. So I'm, I'm feeling good. And it kind of helps with that uh, butterflies in the stomach. I love how you call the uh, the Nazi judge from hell who's probably just like a legit judge. I love I how, how you phrase that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I should go easy on the guy. I mean, you don't, know, judges have a, a job to do. And um, in, the, in the spirit, of, you know, in the, you, you kind of get emotional. I respected his decision. You know, I, I backed off a few pounds and the next squat, you know, he gave it to me and I, it, it didn't affect my standings. So, you know, I mean, he's got a job to do and, uh, he, he was nobody, he was nobody that you guys brought. I, I know Luke, you were there and I think Nate and a couple of the guys from Naperville, right? Neil was there, Ben. Um, it wasn't any of those guys. I know Nate was one of the judges and I think Ben might've been, but it was, uh, he, he was just an employee that worked at the affiliate where we had the competition. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, Nate and Ben are softies. All right. Those guys, you know, they're, they, they're people pleasers. They're not going to be as hard on you probably, but, uh, they know good standard. It's just, it's for some people, it's harder to know rep, um, athletes, uh, more than others. So, uh, I don't particularly find that job super hard because I know that I've been no rep before in, uh, many events. So I just feel like if everyone's doing the same, competition they should all live up to the exact same standard and so that's one thing that i know you're sort of speaking in jest but it's it's definitely something that i'm passionate about particularly with all of the power athlete team series events is uh honestly it really does come down to the judging people athletes uh spectators walk away with an impression of the entire event series based on the fairness of everything and uh it wouldn't be power athlete and it wouldn't represent uh, us if it if it weren't you know to a really high standard so that's something that people can definitely expect from these events yeah and i mean like i said it, it it's only made me better you know sometimes sometimes it takes a little constructive criticism you know harshness what have you to cause you to reevaluate yourself and like i said you know a, a question of depth depth on a squat should, should never, it should never be a question anyway. You know, mm -hmm. so I learned from it. Um, thank you, judge Nazi from hell. I'm a better person because of it. <laughs> and I can, you know, I can go to the team series feeling confident in my abilities. I like it. I love awesome. it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I see the, Power Athlete Headquarters put up a good dead bug video. I yeah. like uh, I like the explanation and the narrative that you 
use Luke. I mean, that was that was pretty in depth. You know, I, I can remember going over this stuff in the cert, and I kind of feel like you you worded it a little bit different, and it was pretty clear, and I, and I liked it. Well, perfect. That was that was the plan, and I hope I was kind of waiting for a barrage of questions today on uh, the blog or even on Power Athlete comments. But there haven't been any, so I guess that's a good indicator. Either people aren't watching the video or they just don't have questions on it. But anyone who's gone to the seminar, the, you'll ask them, hey, what'd you think? Oh, it's so much information. That, yeah, I wish we could have a couple more days. I wish that I could have you know, written everything down verbatim. I wish there was more detailed notes. But everybody remembers the dead bug. And out of this dead bug position, there's all sorts of different progressions that you can do. And we cover that that method, I guess, in pretty good depth at our seminar. But uh, we also find this to be one of the best diagnostic tools and best ways to start building a nice, rigid trunk. And we know that uh, if you go into any sort of bad position under load, you're not going to effectively transmit force into the bar, and you won't you won't effectively lift the weights, and you have a higher chance of injury. So building this kind of the body awareness to maintain and stabilize in this position is essential when you're lifting weights and, and especially if you're an athlete. I like how you- it's pretty astounding. <clears throat> it's pretty astounding to go to these uh, events or the, uh, the uh, seminars and see how challenging it is for somebody who is a seemingly, you know, elite athlete or somebody who's seemingly in shape and then have them try to do those sort of mobility stability drills like the dead bug. And, um, it's it's eye opening, I think, as much for the the athlete doing the movement to the coach, and uh, we can we can certainly see some limiting factors just from something so simple. So it is a pretty effective tool that we like to use frequently. I like how in the video you showed, you know, uh, what what you weren't looking for, you know, the neck position. Um, the rib cage, you know, how you had it, Ethan, right? Ethan, uh, is that your intern out there? Well, he was an intern, but now it's, uh, he's a custodial expert. Now he's the custodial he's expert. Like a, yeah, he's our stable boy. Nice. Nice. But no, I, I liked how you said, well, this is what we're looking for. This is what we're not looking for. And it just kind of like, you know, drills it all home. And like you said, I can remember Callie and when I went to uh, my cert, I mean, that's like one part of the dead bug. And I'm not going to go into all the other things, but I just know that we spent a lot of time on those mobility movements. And I, I want to say we were going for like 90 second or 120 second intervals. And it was just one movement after another. And, you know, you, you do tend to go in, you know, if you have a decent uh uh, fitness, you know, and you got some strength and you go into one of these seminars, you're feeling pretty good. Um, you're more or less, you're worried probably about like the workouts that, um, you're going to throw at the, at the attendees, but you start going through that mobility stuff and, you know, after a few minutes, you're, you're on the ground. I mean, you're, you're gasping for air. It's challenging. You, You kind of, all your weaknesses are pointed out in a matter of minutes and it's it's kind of humbling yeah it's uh you know we refer to it yeah. as, as dynamic movement prep and there's you'll see a couple more pieces and it 
what we're going to show you is just a sliver of the pie that we have in our back pocket. And it's, it's really all about posture and positioning. If you can see the position and you can recognize that position, any fault in the position is, would be considered like the no rep of whether you're mobilizing or whether you're rotating, separating shoulders, lunging, squatting, jumping, but it's all about maintaining position through movement. And then once you build competency there, it just transfers over to everything. And I think uh, just kind of as an aside in our seminars there, it's pretty like noticeable that there is a high level of kind of suck to it. I mean, it really fucking sucks to have to hold a dead bug or go through certain ranges of motion with that dead bug for 90 seconds, two minutes, five minutes, uh, 10 minutes as a uh, legend has it that John Wellborn has been known to do. So, uh, so certainly there is that element of like a uh, psych- psychological discomfort as well. Nice. Nice. You know, that's uh this is a good segue to uh, a submission we had sent to PAHQ. Comes from Dave Smith, and he asks, uh, as always, great work on the CrossFit football side in the podcast. Thank you. Two in one week. Can you explain the physiology of why attempting to reach your chin over the bar during chin-ups or pull-ups can negatively impact your on-field performance, and your other lifts. I know you mentioned lots of people come into your gyms and have this problem. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Uh, Kelly, you want to take Luke, it? Should I, should I jump on it? Uh, Luke, why don't you talk about the uh, the physiology of it, and I'll talk about the a bit about the psychology of it. All right, so here's, here's the deal. Uh, I mentioned in one of my blog posts, the one joint philosophy and that we try to treat the trunk as a single joint, even though the vertebrae is a series of joints. And what, especially when we're loading the spine. Now, when you're hanging from a bar, if you retract and depress your scapula, you're creating a platform to pull off of that's attached to your spine. We consider that a loaded spine. Even when you're back spotting or back squatting, you, you have a loaded spine. Whenever you go into excessive flexion or extension, you have shearing between the vertebrae and you are in an unstable structure, okay? Rule one is we just want to avoid that whenever we're loading the spine. We want to be rigid. We want to be mobilized. We want to limit the movement that we're doing, whether it's a horizontal push or pull, vertical push or pull, whether it's a squat, lunge, or step. We want to limit the movement to the compound joints, that being the shoulders and the hips, okay? So it's it's just bad. It's a bad way to load your torso. Now, how it affects your on-field performance is this is a bad position and not an effective position to, uh, to promote effective movement and efficient movement. We know that there's a, an, a universal athletic position, and we want to reinforce that position in every aspect of our training, whether you're pulling up sitting up in a dead bug, pulling a bar off the ground, jumping, stepping, anything. We want to reinforce the positions that we find in sport. Uh, The reason being is when the bullets start flying or when you're in your arena of competition, you're going to fall to the level of your training. And if you're sloppy with posture and position, you'll be sloppy. uh, You'll be sloppy out there on the field when it matters. Now, I guess what's so 
interesting is we really call this out at uh, at the seminar. And what Callie's going to talk about is that there's really two components to how we react and how we make decisions, whether it's on sport, whether you're buying a car, whether you're deciding what to wear. I don't know. But there's there's the emotional side of things and the logical side of things. We we brief athletes to do something very specific. We say there will be there will be a punishment if you do not follow instructions. Everybody knows, but all of a sudden stress gets high, and there's this emotional reaction. And Callie, that emotional reaction is what? <laughs> well. Uh- Luke really hit it home. I mean, basically, we see that that athletes always will fall to their level of training. And uh, these defaults that we have instilled in our training um, become that standard. And so when stress hits, uh, like like Luke mentioned, we've got this inverse relationship between emotion and logic. And we often use this chin reach as something to really illustrate our ability to um, maintain good performance. And although it might just seem like a, a small sort of movement, it really is uh, indicative of that athlete's ability to, um, you know, maintain that good posture and position. And we know that athletes who are, who are able to fall to a good level of training are going to be less likely, um, or less prone to injury. So, um, so that's that's pretty much why we use that chin reach as as that as that symbolism in our in our seminar. Um, and most most of the athletes who come there, they're a little bit baffled by it and uh, become very frustrated by it because we use elements of punishment, as Tex would call it, to to try to instill um, better posture and position. But uh, I think it's it's pretty symbolic for us. And in a good way to illustrate to them exactly, you know, what what occurs. And so that's why that's pretty much why we use that chin read as an example. There you go, Dave Smith. I hope that answers your question. Um, You know, it's like in you hear or I've heard John say, uh, if you practice shitty, you're going to perform shitty, something like that. I'm paraphrasing it. But, you know, the. The neutral, the neutral spine, the neutral neck, it kind of reminds me of the, or the chin reaching, right? It's similar to the, the new person coming in squatting who maybe gets a little bit parallel and then leans their, their torso forward rather than achieve that depth, right? It's kind of the same, same principles as, as the reaching the chin over the bar. Reinforcing sure, good posture and good form, right? The transition onto the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. And because we're such a performance uh, driven kind of um, seminar, then that that's that's basically what our training is all about. I mean, if the if the performance in the weight room is going to translate to the field, then it better be perfect practice, not just practice. Um, Perfect practice makes perfect, not just practice. So, um, you know, we talk about it all the time. And again, these are just little nuggets that that are drawn from the seminar for the podcast. But um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a, a ton of examples that we throw out there. You know, and it reminds me real quick, we had uh, a few podcasts ago, uh, somebody wrote in a submission of asking if the CrossFit football program would make him healthy. 
Um, he, you know, he was like a, a lineman who, who wants to lose some weight. He was kind of general, but he, you know, one thing yeah. I thought a few days afterwards was, well, yeah, it'll make you healthy. But if you're, you know, Luke talks about like the, the amateur progression that we've been beating the hell out of. If, if you take a, a central nervous system, like a central nervous system, that's like, you know, brand new to exercise, you know, a virgin CNS, if you will. And you start training and you start making form and priority a priority, right? I'm sorry, form and posture a priority. Um, you start building those motor units, you start building those pathways, your body starts preparing itself for um, performance, right? It's going to start uh, increasing your metabolism to work a little bit differently. Uh, it. It, it's like your instincts are going to, you're going to draw on those natural instincts when you're on the field, you know, I mean, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great to have those instincts? You just react like the hand on the hot, you know, the hot kettle, how you just pull your hand back without really thinking about it. Could you just call on those instincts on the field without really thinking about it? You know, I mean that, I think we all would kind of want to, uh, to achieve that. And to go back to that guy's question on the podcast, will this programming make me healthy? I mean, if you're building new, like neurological pathways, that's a component to health. I mean, that's a huge component to health. Sure, sure. Well, I think that there's a, a couple of points in there. And I would like to say that we have never claimed that following our program is, uh, is equal to longevity. Um, and just like any other hard hitting, uh, training regime. We don't, we don't ever claim that that's going to be, um, the key to a long life. Now, if we're talking in terms of athletic performance, well, this is what we found to be, um, successful. So uh, everything from the power athlete diet to our training protocol to, um, you know, the Metcons and the amount of volume and, and that sort of thing, certainly is it more optimal than certain things that are out there for health, Sure. Absolutely. But, uh, but I, I, you know, I do think as sort of a disclaimer, um, uh, we're talking about performance. We're talking about performances that are going to change these athletes sort of in the now, um, and, and get as much me immediate result, you know, like you were saying, drive the CNS, um, build strength, uh, build stability, build agility, athletic performance. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you really wanted to look at it from a health component, I don't think that uh, very many CrossFit athletes could, for instance, argue that CrossFit is going to equal long life. Number one, we don't know. And number two, um, there's no way that, uh, you know, these the amount of volume and stress that these athletes are putting on their body um, at certain periods during their training is uh, is going to equate to a longer life. Um, and so so I think that that's an important point to make. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, is there a component to to uh, performance? For sure. Uh, fitness is one thing. Uh, performance is another. And then health is uh, possibly something different as well. So it's important to make that distinction. Because, I mean, in football players, uh, I mean, like uh, if anyone read the recent newsletter that went out, there's a great quote from John there at the beginning that just says, you know, if I live to be 100 years old, I haven't done my job. And uh, uh, I think that's that that pretty much sums it up in a nutshell. Uh, I think it's important also to distinguish that, uh, you know, what we 
drive home at Power Athlete HQ and at CrossFit Football is that we don't necessarily equate our training to longevity. I mean, we are a completely performance-based uh, training protocol. So we're we're not necessarily uh, telling you you're going to add 100 years to your life, uh, both with our diet or our uh, um, training. Uh, so the all the strength training and the Metcons, things like CrossFit, you know, the elite level athletes, they're undergoing a ton of volume. But when CrossFit is, for instance, um, appropriately incorporated into someone's lifestyle, then then for sure it, it will improve the quality of someone's health um, and for sure their fitness level. But uh, but I think it's important to make that distinction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I can remember the whole uh, the article in the CrossFit Journal when you have you know, you got health on one side and the opposite, or you have fitness. And then the opposite of that would be sickness. Right. And right. Sorry. About you all right? Did you just fall? Yeah, no, I got my little <laughs> one. She's just dumped her toys here on the floor. But like I was kind of saying with, with, you know, the untrained central nervous system. I mean, when you start, say you start on that amateur progression, or if you want to, start crossfitting right and you're completely you come from a sedentary lifestyle and this is all new to you and you're starting to go through the movements uh neurologically all these changes are happening i mean you're building the motor units you're building pathways like i said all, i mean all that stuff adds to health you know and and just the idea absolutely no strength and you know and the metcons um, if you're not playing in a sport, you know, if your sport is purely training itself, yes, that's going to lead you to a healthy lifestyle. I mean, that, how could it not? You know, if you're using the, you know, cross the football program, you're, you know, strength, huge priority, shorter, heavier Metcons, and you're also a rugby player, you know, I can see where John making a comment like, if I live to be 100, you know, I did something wrong. I, I could see what he means by all that. I think that's a great quote. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, for sure. I mean, when you, when you are driving those sort of ad adaptations, um, uh, whether it be your CNS or you um, are working on hypertrophy, any of those adaptations are going to uh, essentially lead to a higher functioning individual in many capacities. So, um, yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with that. Cool. All right. Well, you know what? Let's change gears. We got one more uh, question to go through. It was more like a, a discussion that was going on on the, on the blog. Uh, AJ, he was asking Luke about West Side and CrossFit football. And I'm just going to, I took a little clip of what he had said. Uh, I trained, and this was his response to Luke. Luke, Luke had asked him, what is he training for? So he, he responds, Luke, I trained at West, I trained West side in quotes for several years and had great success with strength gains, but put a, put a good bit of extra body fat on since switching to CrossFit football, my strength gains have remained good, slowed, but good. And I'm burning a ton of body fat. I was just wondering if it would be possible slash beneficial to combine some West side methodology with 
the CrossFit football program? Luke didn't get a chance to answer him. Um, first, I would say, AJ, sure. you've been training for a while and you're making gains. You put in parentheses, slow but good. I mean, any gain is good, right? If, if, if you're past uh, a newbie and you got a few years of training experience, I mean, those gains are going to be harder to achieve. And second, I, there, it, in my opinion, there is a lot of West Side methodology already in the CrossFit football program. I mean, if you go and listen to some of the other podcasts that John's talking to, some of the ones with him and Rob Wolf, or on on any of the other ones, he talked sometimes, most of the time, he'll talk about how he's gone to West Side and spent three weeks with Louie and kind of picked his brain. And if you're going to put in that amount of time to go learn about somebody's program, you, you are influenced by it. Then there, something's sparked your curiosity. And yeah, for sure. There, there, there are definitely um, components to uh, the the program, particularly like the collegiate template. And I don't know which one this guy is following. I would imagine collegiate, seeing as how he sounds like he's somebody who has a bit of a, a training age, as we call it. So he's a little bit of a more mature lifter. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if, if he's following the collegiate, then he will see like nuggets and bits and pieces from that side, that style, um, or the West side methodology. I mean, the variations of the lifts, um, are, are in there in different capacities. So definitely. Um, and I think when people come to the seminar too, one thing that we get really in depth on is the, the programming aspect. And so not only are you looking at from the point of just the athlete, but you're looking at from the point of programming for the athlete. And, uh, we do talk about when there is an appropriate time to incorporate things like chains, bands, um, and for what athlete that makes sense and for what, uh, what level of athlete, um, more importantly. So, um, uh, you know, these are, these are all little, components to that seminar. Um, sorry for interrupting you, Jenny. Were you going to say something else there? No, no, I wasn't. I was, I was just going to lead into your response to all that. Um, I, you know, one, one thing I do wonder is, is why there isn't band or chains written into the, the collegiate or professional. I mean, I could see it more from the professional standpoint than collegiate, but I was just curious, you know, if you had an answer for yeah. that. Or yeah, absolutely. Um, no, there's a, there's a couple of reasons. Um, one of is that people have to keep in mind that we program for 20,000 plus athletes. And so, uh, we found that keeping the program pretty simple doesn't necessarily change its effectiveness. I mean, it's it's simple, but even the collegiate, which is slightly more complex than the uh, amateur progression, is is for sure um, uh, you know a simplified version, but it's it's effective. Um, a lot of a lot of, and kind of to make a second point, this sort of uh, idea of using the chains and bands. I mean, we we talk about the appropriateness and when you might see that um, at the seminar. And I don't want to get give too much away, but I will say that um, accessory work as well can often be found in like the Metcons that we throw up there. So uh, some of the variations of the lifts 
if we're talking about that, um, might be seen in the uh, Metcons. But in terms of using those other implements like chains and bands, um, those are those are variables that a lot of people don't have, don't own. We have a lot of people who follow the program who are in like their garage. Um, so it's it's a little bit harder, for instance, to make good quantifiable um, adjustments for 20,000 people. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, I could, I, I see where the bands and the chains play a, play a part. Um, I think earlier in, in my training, I, I thought they looked cool, you know, so I started using them without a little ignorance to, to the whole purpose of what I'm supposed, you know, the whole idea of increasing bar speed and accommodating resistance and all, and all terms like that. I, it, those were kind of vague terms to me. I mean, I, I, I knew what they were, but I, I, I didn't, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. I, I sure. just, you know, so I used them. Sure. And and funny. I it, was, it was actually John who kind of pointed out to me, like, you know, you don't need to do these things if you're doing, you know, A, B, and C. And it, after that conversation with him, I was like, well, it all started to make, you know, it became more clear. And it, if you don't have access to these things, um, you're still going to make huge gains. You know, I mean, it's right. chains and bands aren't this magical, uh, you know, aren't like these magical things you can use to help, you know, push you to the next level alone. You know, they're, they're just little tricks of the trade, kind of, in my opinion. And that's, and that's just it. I mean, there's two points to that. And one is that, um, most of the time people start implementing them too early into their program. And so, um, they, they don't, they're not a necessary part of, training uh, certain parts of strength when especially with amateur athletes um so to start simple is plenty effective in and of itself i mean we're still some of those athletes are still just learning the mechanics of the lifts so implementing those those chains and bands are only going to accentuate or exacerbate some of their poor form which i see all the time and then the second piece to that is like people implement implementing those um those little uh, you know, additions, they oftentimes they use them wrong or inappropriately, or, um, you know, they don't program them appropriately. And so they're, they're taking bits and pieces from things like Westside, but they're not implementing them the way they were intended to be used. And so, um, you know, even something like, you know, as simple as, knowing, uh, how to do a step up as we learned with like the video demo, most people were not doing that correctly. And so imagine when we throw something in there, like a chain or a band, um, oftentimes people, uh, it's just going to exacerbate their poor form. So, um, so that's that, you know, we're trying to increase performance here and, uh, we want to do that by any means necessary. And we use the, the chains and bands for those higher level athletes who, who have already, um, proven their, their competency in the lifts themselves. So. Awesome. Awesome. So AJ, there you go, man. I, I would just follow the CrossFit football program. I mean, if you're, if you're burning fat and you're making some strength gains, just trust in these guys, you know, they, they've done the research, 
John's gone to West side, you know, he's trained with those guys. I mean, he, he obviously is influenced, you know, and you could hear Callie's details. I mean, just, just trust in the CrossFit football program. And, and I think you'll be fine. I don't, I don't think you'll need to add in um, a lot of the quote unquote West side methodology. I mean, if you want to do a few sets of extra dumbbell tricep extensions or something <laughs> like that, sure. You want to do some extra GHDs or reverse hyper. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I think there's a place for that in the program, but you know, if you're trying to, to add in like the extra dynamic movement stuff or, or things like that, I mean, it, it's already in there, dude. Yeah. If it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So. Exactly. Cool. Well, I think we're out of time, Callie. Is there? Oh, that's so. Sad. I know. I. I mean, I could talk about this stuff all day. <laughs> yeah, it's we're a couple of nerds. No, it's it's good. It's been fun. I'm glad uh, we were able to cover some of those questions. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, I, I'll see you this Saturday, Lyle, Illinois, team series. Uh, <laughs> Any new teams sign up since uh, recently, I guess, in the last week? Yeah, we had uh, two more teams trickle in. So so it's going to be a big event. I'm, I'm super excited. You know, this is Luke's hometown and uh, I don't know. I'm sure he'll have some sort of like fan club there. I'm 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 stoked, though. I, uh, <laughs> I I'm stoked to see Uncle Neil there and uh, Mike, who's who's helping us out. So those are all guys from Naperville um, who and Lyle who are helping us out. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm um, looking forward to meeting you in person. And Denny and actually yeah, uh, right? seeing you compete, you got to put your money where your mouth is now. So I know, I know you know, I've, I, I, I'm not a huge smack talker, you know, I, I kind of just like let my, you know, performance kind of speak for itself. So I, I feel confident and prepared and, you know, we're, we're, we're gunning to win it. So I'm excited for teams signed in. I thought it might, cause we had the, the North central regionals, last weekend so all those people who probably didn't make it well who didn't you know i I was hoping that they would form a team and and sign into this competition just to just to get it up there and make it more interesting hopefully we'll have some nice weather you know yeah anticipating you're gonna throw the worst at us (laughs) oh no i won't you know i won't ask you to do more than you're capable of doing i think if you crossfit football and uh, you've got a good strong strength base then you'll you have nothing to worry about except for the prowler the prowler <laughs> the prowler from hell yeah awesome. <laughs> awesome all right kelly well anything you want to close with uh, no, I don't think so. The uh, next event, just to kind of plug, the next event is going to be in Katy, Texas. So uh, if anyone is looking towards that, at end of July, Katy, Texas, go to powerathletehq.com uh, for more details on that event. There you have it, Power Athlete Nation. Sign up for it. All right, Callie. I guess, uh, I guess that's it. All right. It's been fun, Jenny. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Later, right. Gator. Bye. Yep. Bye.